What's up, y'all? We are back here for episode 11 of Eat When You Can, Sleep When You Can, and Don't Fuck With The Pancreas. We are your hosts, Levin Fairchild and Xander Butchers here, and I think today we're going to talk about the app site, right? It's done. It's done. We finished. It is in the past, and it feels so good. You know, it was on the horizon the entire year, every year. You know, it it, it comes and goes, and it's kind of a nightmare leading up to it. Uh, middle of the winter, the days are short. You go in at dark, you come home, it's still dark. And there's this beast looming at the end of January. But um, I think we could talk a little bit about, you know, our preparation, how our program sets us up for success. Um, and we'd love to hear from from y'all about how different programs around the country are um, preparing y'all for the app site. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think first it's good to just talk about, we have listeners obviously out there um, that have that have hopefully started listening and and may not be residents, may not be surgery residents, and may hear of the app site and not have any clue what we're talking about. I think it's good if we just maybe first off tell what is the what is the app site exactly? What does that stand for? Yeah, so app site is the American Board of Surgery in training exam, uh, right. which surgery residents, general surgery residents have to take every year. Um, and it's sort of serves as a benchmark um, in a way to compare yourself amongst your your peers as it takes your score and it gives you uh, what percentile of residents of your class or your year um, and where you stand amongst your peers, your cohort. Um, and it's supposed to be a predictor of how you're going to do on the uh, board exams eventually. Um, I know there's statistics saying if you score above a certain level every year, you have a certain percent chance of passing your written boards on the first try, I think is correct. Um, and so gives you a way to see how you're doing every year, um, gives you something to strive for, do better every year. Um, but, you know, some programs really put a ton of emphasis on it. Others, not as much. Um, I know, you know, our scores matter a lot if you're trying to go into a competitive fellowship uh, where they may not matter quite as much if you're going for a, um, if you're not going for fellowship. Um, so, you know, it, it it's a beast. Uh, it's It's a lot. There's a lot of material, you know, the the medical uh, journey, you know, we go through, you're applying to medical school, you got to take the MCAT, you get to medical school, you have to take step exams, and now we thought we were done. We're not done. No. Absite. No, every every year at the end of January, it's it's a nationwide test, like you said, and it's, you know, it's it's an, an area for you to examine yourself and examine how you're doing against your peers in the country and also, you know, a chance to to predict, like you said, how you're going to do on your boards as you come up. And, you know, the app site follows along with the it, – it's 250 questions or so, um, no more than that, over five hours. Um, it's a pretty grueling exam day. Um, most of us, you know, our, our program takes it over the course of a, a couple days, and you, you can kind of pick the day that you're going to do it uh, ahead of time, and we, we schedule that and – um, you know, we, we try to do it on a day where you're not coming off call, hopefully. Um, but you know, sometimes that's maybe not necessarily always the case. And so it can be a grueling five hour exam, um, for a lot of us. And, uh, it's nice. We are done with it. Um, the exam does follow along the score curriculum, which is, you know, one of the things that uh, is important. It's, it's, uh, essentially the curriculum for surgery residents as they go through, um, for learning and, and clinical based medicine. And, um, you know, we can, we can spend some time in this episode, I think, just talking about how did you prepare specifically for this exam this year? Um, you know, we'll, we'll discuss a little bit with our, what our, what UT Chattanooga here does and what we've kind of implemented here in the last couple of years to help our residents prepare. 
and uh, and then we'll go from there. So, Doc, won't you tell me how you studied this year? So, this year, this is year two taking it. Uh, I think last year was um, had to feel it out a little bit. Didn't know what to expect going in. They had told us, you know, it's short question stems. Typically, you're going to either know right away if you know the question or you don't. Uh, it's not like step exams where there's paragraph long vignettes that you got to read and then figure it out. Um, it's more straightforward. And so, <clears throat> what I did was obviously follow along with our uh, basic science lectures, uh, which our program and our, our senior residents do a fantastic job of uh, having this material prepared for us, presented every week, uh, where we go over uh, past topics that have been covered on the app site. We go over those uh, just broad general surgery topics um, and give us a really good foundation of that knowledge. Um, so I, I went through all those PowerPoints, um, mainly in the last couple of weeks leading up to the exam. So that was fresh in my mind. Um, also did True Learn. Uh, which is kind of like UWorld, uh, but it's specifically for the app site. Um, try to do as many questions as possible. I think I ended up doing around 1,200 questions, which is better than last year. Um, <clears throat> and then also did the, um, what's what's it called? The, the app where you get five questions a day. Oh, yeah, Quest. Uh, Quest, yeah, yeah, yeah app site Shout Quest. out to them. Um, yep, it's fantastic uh, study material where you get, it's on your phone, you get five questions a day. Um, kind of forces you to have to sit down and see a little bit of material. Um, cause also you get points for getting questions right and you get to compare them amongst other residents in your program and around the country. Um, I think I'm 400th in the country or something, which is not impressive. Um, but you know, it's still pretty good. Man. We're working on it. What about you? It's, you uh, yeah, you know, I think we are, our, our program's kind of big on some of the, using some of the similar things. So, um, we obviously all signed up for quest, I, I believe this year, um, Majority of our residents use Quest and uh, get that five questions a day to kind of just uh, you know reinforce learning. Uh, obviously, as we get older, the the key to adult learning is repetition and seeing some of these things over and over and, and reinforcing some of these topics. Um, you know, the other thing that that we do is is part of our weekly um, lecture series in our in our program is every Tuesday we have our basic science lecture, which is from seven to eight every Tuesday morning. We have it in a in an auditorium, and we've been following along the score curriculum. That's what we've been doing now for the last few years. We Correct. follow along with the score curriculum in the week in and week out with the topics that they that they offer online that's um, available to all residents out there. And we usually have a junior resident present, um, you know, the highlights of what the curriculum is teaching that week as a basic science lecture. And then um, what we typically do after that is we have an, uh, a committee that kind of has come together and and put together some of the more high yield things that AppSite likes to likes to you know potentially test on some of those things out of um, out of those high yield books that we've seen and out of the score curriculum and then we we discuss those things over the course of the rest of that morning and then we'll kind of go into like a you know mock oral boards for more of our senior residents but um, we do we we essentially use the score curriculum in a week weekend a week out basis um, you know to help us prepare for this exam and to just keep our our skills and our um, our learning, uh, you know, constant throughout, throughout residency. But, you know, me personally, I, I did the, I did the same thing as you. I think a uh, majority of us did that. We did true learn, um, got through the whole question bank. And at the end of it, actually went back through some of my missed questions and did like some high yield missed question stuff. Um, when did you, when did you start studying? How far out from the exam? Yeah. So, you know, I looked at my schedule this year. Um, I think that's important. Everybody, everybody's different. So, We've talked about this in the past that our program is a little bit different than being six years, and so they have some 
We have some residents who may be on their research blocks. And if you know you're going to be on a research block in December or January, you obviously are going to have a lot more time to study than the residents who may not. I was on actually back-to-back ICU blocks in December and January. So I was, I, was, yeah, I was overloaded with just a lot of work, and we had up to 25, 30 patient lists. Um, some days are just two residents, you know, especially during Christmas break and stuff like that. So I had looked at that and knew that ahead of time at the beginning of the year when we got our when we got our um, our block schedule out. So I actually started. I probably opened up True Learn for the first time. Um, I'd probably say in August um, is when I first started, and I was kind of taking it real slow, just doing like you know fifteen to twenty questions a day every couple days, and then try to review them, and then as well go through the, the score curriculum and use some of the score questions and and doing the quest on the daily, but. You know, obviously early on, I mean, it was, it was tougher to kind of stick to a regimen in August. I mean, there'll be days I do 25 questions. I may not get to do 25 again for four or five, six more days. So, you know, that's, I did start in August, but it really ramped up probably more in November for me going, knowing I was getting ready to go into ICU. And then, uh, obviously during my Christmas break and, and times in ICU when I knew I had a weekend or two off, I really dedicated some of those weekends just to studying and going through, um, the true learn questions. Let's take a quick break. Welcome to Fuller Butts, a behind-the-scenes plastic surgery podcast. Yes, you heard that right. Join your co-hosts, Dr. Sam Fuller and Dr. Dan Butts, board-certified plastic and reconstructive surgeons on an exclusive full-access pass into the world of plastic surgery. Combining their expertise and training, Doctors Fuller and Butts will share medical insights, detailed explanations, and lighthearted humor to keep you entertained and informed. We're certain you'll become passionate about the plastic surgery specialty and between debunking myths, uncovering truths, or just making you laugh out loud at their perspective on this creative and artistic field. We've got something for everyone. Yeah, I think that was pretty the general theme, especially amongst uh, first and second year residents. I think they we get started a little bit earlier on daily questions. Uh, and I know some of the senior residents will wait a little bit later in the fall to really get going on daily studying more like november right um at least within our program that's kind of the theme that i've noticed um kind of want to get your thoughts on how how different your capability of studying is based on what rotation you're on and whether you find that to be unfair a disadvantage is that going to affect your yearly score as you said you just came off two months in the icu icu days are longer you're getting less sleep you have less time to study you have less energy to study when you get home uh, versus if you have a research month followed by, you know, a, a less busy rotation, you may have a lot more time every day to study. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I think it, it'd be reminiscent to, to sit here and say that I believe that the people on back-to-back ICU months are going to do as well on the exam as someone who's had a research block in the month of the exam. I mm-hmm. mean, like like with anything, if you have more dedicated time to study at home, you have more rest, you're able to sleep more, you're able to, you know, spend more time just, just mentally preparing and and. It, and giving your mental energy towards studying versus towards patient care all day, you know, there's no doubt that's going to be a reflection of a higher exam grade. I mean, that's just yeah, across the gonna, board. It doesn't matter more material. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter whether you're in residency, med school, or anything. The person that has more available time to study and utilizes that time appropriately is going to obviously should do better um, in that sense. So, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that, and that's why I looked at my block schedule coming off ICU. You know, I mean, there were so many days where you have this 13 or 14 hour day and at 630, you're just leaving the ICU. You've been there since five and, um, you know, you've run the list three times and four times and done these procedures and someone's crashing right when you're walking out the building and you stop to start taking care of them. Next thing you know, it's even later, you're getting home and it's the last thing you want to do is, is sit down and study. And, and, you know, mentally, even if you sit down and study, 
you may not even t- get anything out of it because mm-hmm. sometimes you're just clicking through the questions. Like I'm just getting through them just so I can say I got through 25 questions a day when I know I didn't retain anything because mentally I am exhausted. Yeah. Physically I am exhausted. And I have a fiance at home that needs my attention too, that hasn't had it in yeah. a couple of days. And I have, I have my own needs, right? I mean, I have my own personal time that I want to spend with just me for a minute. I've been at work now 13, 14 hours and I go on call tomorrow and I got yep. three hours tonight and I haven't even worked out. I want to go to the gym, you know, and we got to cook. We have to eat. And it's, yeah, so there's there's no doubt that the, the people that are on some of those rotations, I mean, I think you're, you're going to, you're naturally going to see a dip in their score compared to someone who is, who is on an easier rotation like, you know, colorectal right now. We have two patients on the list. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just a, my day looked totally different this week, you know, on colorectal where we have some colonoscopies, uh, maybe a hemorrhoid, a couple columns and, you know, maybe one LAR or something for the day or for the afternoon, you have a colorectal fellow on and you have two or three hours to sit down for lunch and just kind of take a break and take a breather. Like that could have been moments in time that you can knock out some questions if I was studying, you know, I walk home and I'm like, I'm refreshed. I haven't been just, mm-hmm. you know, humping all day, you know, since five o'clock in the morning, like in the ICU sometimes. So, you know, and, and then on call, obviously in the ICU, it was just a busy call night. I mean, we know yeah. that it's, it's a busy, the You're epic chats, you no, know, the epic chats go off every 20 seconds. Sometimes mm-hmm. I've sent you videos of like, dude, there's you know, 10 different messages in the last five minutes. It's absurd. That's, that's outside of, of the pager and outside of other things that need to be done, you know? So, um, it's exhausting. And I, I think, you know, you can't say that you're not going to see some difference. And so, yeah, I mean, what I call it an unfair, you know, unfair, I don't think it's unfair. I think it's just the reality of the beast. You know, it's, we're in a, we're in a six year program. I think at some point I'm going to be the person, I may not be on research, obviously, because I'm not doing the research, you know, pathway, but I may be the person finally on colorectal next year, you know, in January and have more downtime and the other colleague that was on research for that month may be on ICU and be busier. So, I mean, I, I think it balances out over the course of the five years, but it, you know, I, I know personally this year that the score I get may not be, may not be reflective of how well I could have done just because I'm coming off back to back ICU months to take yeah. this exam, you know? Yeah, no, that is tough. And, and so I, I wonder, you know, is, do we over prepare for it in this program? I think some of it depends on what your your seniors and your chiefs how much emphasis they want to put on it. I know that we have some some great chief residents who have really tried to make basic science curriculum and um, absite specific material that we're getting exposed to every single week. They've tried to make that a really core of this program, um, so that you know every year I think our program posts pretty good scores for absite, um, and we've done very well with placing people into fellowships. And so there's obviously we have um, results to support that it's important and that we should keep prepping the way we are. Um, but I'm curious, have you heard of other programs or um, other places where they maybe don't put as much into the app side as we are? Because we we focus on it a lot at this program. Yeah, yeah I mean, I you know, I can't speak of any individual programs for sure. I definitely have a lot of resident friends at a lot of other programs, and we do talk. Um, I feel like, you know, as far as what we do here, at Chattanooga, um, it is it is more intense for sure with with preparation leading up to the exam, and as far as like inc- being inclusive of it in our in our curriculum and what we you know what we're kind of expected to learn and what you know where like the kind of expectations of our program is for this exam. I think it's definitely different than a lot of people I talk to. Some programs, you know, they they don't put near as much emphasis on this, and um, they don't have any kind of basic science dedicated to this, and you know they really just kind of study for it a month out and you know, do there, do as many questions as they can get through on true learn and take it and roll with it. And, you know, um, so yeah, I mean, there, there's an emphasis here, but you know, I think it has, it's, it obviously has its reasons. And, you know, we're like you say, we're able to match people to the fellowships they want. We're, we're having high scores 
pretty successfully. And I mean, I think it just makes you a better doctor. I mean, you feel like, you know, you know, you know, if you know the content on there and, and you truly know it, not just short term memory, you've been studying it for it week in and week out and it's, it's become engraved in you then and following along with that score curriculum, you know, you're picking up on the things that they want you to know as a general surgeon. Yeah. And I, I wonder, you know, we, we talked about how, uh, on, during our step one episode that there's programs there where they'll have a, a score, um, or they used to when step one was scored, um, where they would literally throw your application in the trash if you didn't reach a certain, uh, you know, uh, step score. I, I don't think that's the case with fellowships. I think AppSite gives them an idea of how competitive is this candidate, you know, uh, but I don't think it's a case of where they're going to see your AppSite scores and necessarily just write you off. I think it's more based on the whole applicant when you're going in for fellowship interviews. Have you heard the same thing? Yeah, yeah, I've definitely heard the same thing. And, you know, I think it's all just kind of that the, the same idea of everyone wants to know if there's a, you know, secret ingredient to um, achieving, you know, the fellowship you may want or secret ingredient to getting into med school or getting into the residency. I don't think there is, you know, I don't think there's just some magic pathway to get there. And like you said, I think it's, it's, it's a, it's a function of, of who you are as a resident and it's something else that they can look at quantitatively, but I don't think it's going to for sure shut you out, you know, shut any doors for you, um, moving forward. I mean, I, I, I know personally some residents that have matched into some amazing fellowships that did not have great app site scores or percentiles. Yeah. So, you know, I think you kind of take it with a grain of salt, but, um, you know, for us it, it's over, thankfully it's done. Um, I want to throw out a little, a little pitch to, um, kind of the reason that our program has gotten so big into this and I think a lot of programs has that's behind the knife another surgery podcast that um, kind of started out with a lot of big app site stuff and I know we both have utilized that and our program has utilized that and yep. morning drive to work yeah morning especially drive to when work we get and, into the winter that's what I'm listening to yeah I mean you know they're 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 putting out a lot of great clinical and surgical based um, knowledge and content on a weekly basis now from people around the country I know we've had a couple of our residents actually participate in some of their podcast series and um, you know, that they've been awesome. So, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's good to be done. I know every yeah. resident out there has taken a deep breath of sigh of relief and it's, it was nice to just sit out this weekend and enjoy some sunshine and a beer or two and not have to, you know, not have that overwhelming thought that I need to be studying and getting, fin- you know, finish up these last 250 questions I have left on true yeah, learn. So for sure. And, you know, when we look at our website scores, it, it gives you what percentile amongst other second years in the country where you stand, um, but I don't necessarily think that it necessarily translates over to, you know, how great of a resident you are. Right. Um, I think there's so much more that you may be really strong clinically, um, and maybe didn't have the best app site score. Yeah. Um, I think our whole class did fairly well. I know we were all well over 60th percentile, um, which I think is pretty good when you're talking about an entire class within a residency uh, program. Um, and we had some superstars in the high nineties, um, within our class. Right. But, you know, do you think we put too much stock into AppSite when, when people start saying like, oh, they were 80th percentile, they must be, yeah. you know, the strongest in their class? Like, Sim- simply put, yes. Yeah. That's a, that's a simple answer. The answer will always be yes. I, I will never think that there's a single test score that's going to determine who you are as a surgeon or a person or as a colleague or as a physician or as a clinician. I, I, that's, I'm never going to believe that. I mean, if, you know, I've taken one exam an entry exam into a, into med school, obviously. And the night before my grandmother got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you think that didn't affect a year worth of studying and me on that exam the next day mentally, then you've lost your mind. Yeah, and so they did that score is not at all indicative of me as a person of me as a, and the score wasn't bad at all. Yeah. At all. It was above the 50th percentile, but I'm just saying it's, 
there's no way you can ever tell me a single score. You know, the simple answer to your to your thing is yes. A simple app site score, you score in the eighty percent, you score in the thirtieth percentile. I don't really care. You know, yep. that that means that great. Like, okay, you got seven more questions right because maybe you guessed on those seven correctly when I didn't. We were between two and I picked the wrong one, you picked the right one. That that does not necessarily mean automatically you're just better than me or you know, like you said, clinically, that person may be running laps around the other person, you know, mm-hmm. uh, maybe emotionally, maybe just how they handle their colleagues and, and communication and how they handle, you know, uh, the patients, patients, the day to day. I just, I mean, just everything. So no, I mean, I, I think that it, anybody that says, oh, they're an 80th percentile versus their 50th percentile, that's just, that's hoopla to me. I, I don't believe in stuff like that. Do you think there'd be a role for, I guess, an upside equivalent where it's not covering clinical material? where it's more of a hands-on, like you have to do specific procedures. Um, I know they have FES, FLS. That's different. That's kind of making sure that you're checked off with those skills. Right. Um, which I guess you could, it would sort of be like that, but more of like, you know, see how this person's doing from a technical standpoint within surgery. Because surgery, obviously, there's a lot, there's the mental side of it, uh, the clinical side of it, but you also have to operate. Um, and so would there be any use for a, a standardized test that all residents have to go through where you're actually doing procedures and showing proficiency in a different way you know i don't know it's i don't know that you can necessarily do that on a standardized scale purely because we all know that every laparoscopic procedure we do is different than the last one you Mm -hmm. know there's 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 no two gallbladders that are the same there's no two there's no two entering the abdomens that are the same and it's it's always different so it's hard to put a price tag on that for just if you're going to do something standardized you know in like a weekend of just a couple of procedures like who's to say that you didn't end up with this that or the other and i mean to do to do something like a pig model like something where you can you can kind of standardize it between everybody mm-hmm. really truly isn't standardizing what we're doing because we're operating on on people that are live that are you know go, truly going under the knife you know yeah. and and so I don't know that you can necessarily put something that's standardized on that. I mean, that have to be something where, you know, that's just feedback, I think, from your attendings and, and um, you know, uh, moving forward, I think the app site and just question-based thing is kind of all you're really going to have. It's going to be tough to, to get some kind of more, you know, clinically relevant procedural skill-based thing that's standardized. Yeah. And, and I guess your, um, your evaluations and your letters of recommendation are, are going to kind of fill that void because... That's where your attendings can talk to your skills and your right. capabilities in the OR specifically. They can say, you know, you know, Dr. Fairchild's fantastic laparoscopically. Uh, you know, he was ahead of his peers in terms of his skill. Maybe maybe that's where they can make up for that. Yeah. If if you know you not saying this is you, but you may have a lower upside score one year, um, but it that's not reflecting the fact that you may be the best you know, surgeon operatively within your class. Correct. Um, and so I guess that's where your, your yeah, faculty I, kind of step up and have your back. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think that's where it would go moving forward. I, th- I think that's the only way you can truly evaluate someone clinically is after being with them for five years as they're attending or as their program director and watching them operate and hearing what the other, you know, attendings in the room are saying about that person over the course of their entirety during residency and watching them handle every procedural situation that they're encountered with, you know. So I think that that's probably going to be your best bet for anything procedural to, to, to set yourself apart from any other uh, applicants out there for a fellowship. But, um, you know, this, the whole purpose of this was just to, to reflect on the app site. Mm-hmm. It's over. You know, I'm happy it's, it's over. It's, it's, Oh, it's, 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 it's just a sigh of relief. You we'll know, be back in 360 days. Well, me and you are going to be back because we have to take step three now. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we forgot. can't, we can't go too far. So <laughs> we can't become threes without the, Without yeah. step three. Yeah. So we have step three moving forward. But hey, look, to all of our other colleagues, all the other residents out there, 
you know, at every program, general surgery program out there who just got done with the app site, congratulations, you know, pat yourself on the back. It's a big exam. It's over with. It was a grueling exam. You're done. Whatever your score is, I promise you, like I said, I do not believe one score, one number is reflective of, you know, that person as a operative surgeon or as a, no. you know, physician or clinician at, at all. So, um, you know, just it's done. Have a beer, man. Enjoy the enjoy a couple months of not studying for AppSite. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, hey, look, we hope you tune in again to our next episode. Um, we'll we'll probably talk about what you want to talk about earlier. Um, you know, maybe we'll, I think what we'll talk about is uh, some of the the emotional requirements of the job and how yeah. you how you deal with uh, that side of things and trying to you know live your life at the same time and how those sometimes interfere with each other. I think it's a great topic and it'll be a great talk and we'll, you know, we'll have some great conversation, but Hey, look for anyone out there, if, if you have any insight to AppSite, if there's something that you've done this year that you were like, Oh my gosh, my score went up 30% and all I did was this one thing, you know, I feel like this helps so much. You know, this is something Tell that me our, how. this is something how that did you do it. Yeah. This is something that our program does. This is what we do at our program that we feel like really helps, man. We'd love to hear it. Let us know, send us an email, you know, reach out to us. We'll get you on the program. We'll talk about it. You know, we would love to get, you know, all the residents out there just doing better on the app site and, 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 and increasing our scores and increasing our ability to become board certified general surgeons. So, uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for listening. We're signing off here at eat when you can sleep when you can and don't fuck with the pancreas. Hey, y'all, we appreciate y'all listening to today's episode on Don't Fuck With The Pancreas. We hope that you tune in to the next episode. We don't know when it's going to be released. We're so busy. We're just we're putting them out when we get chances to. Uh, we're listening to what you guys tell us. Um, some of y'all send us responses on Instagram. Some of y'all send us direct messages um, on, on TikTok. Whatever it may be, keep reaching out to us. We're going to keep putting this podcast episode out there for you guys. Yeah, email us with episode ideas, with questions you have. Uh, if you want to be featured on an episode, we'd love to have you. If you have something to bring to the table, we'd love to uh, to get you involved in any way possible. Uh, we're, we're posting content on, on TikTok and on Instagram and on YouTube as well. And so continue to tune in, continue to follow us and share it with your friends. Uh, pre-med students, med students, undergrad students, anybody in the general public, we're trying to reach as many as possible to give you an insight on what it is like day in and day out to be a general surgery resident. Yeah, the only way you're going to find this is on this podcast, guys, DFWTP. You have to find it. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, whatever playlist you might use, whatever podcast servicing you use, listen to it there. Check out our Instagram. It's DFWThePancreas. Check out our TikTok, DFWTP, and you can shoot us on email at DFWThePancreas at G email.com any ideas anything you want to hear anything you want from us let us know but you got to keep listening you got to keep sharing it and y'all tune into the next episode we'll see you there don't fuck with the pancreas